Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Lord, if anyone walked in here burdened or in need of you, Father, may you meet their needs. May you meet them where they're at. And Father, if anyone walked in and doesn't have a relationship with you, Lord, may you show them the amazing life, the amazing possibilities that come with a relationship with you. Lord, as we speak about a topic that maybe many of us struggle with, Father, may we be open to it. May we be changed and transformed. And Lord, may we ultimately take what we learn in this room and apply it to our lives. In your great and mighty name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. you know, <clears throat> I've been giving it a lot of thought of what really creates a fulfilling life. So, uh, this, this, you know, kind of, I would say, past year or, or year and a half, um, my family and I have had it kind of rough. Um, my wife and I got married, and we came back from our honeymoon, and we found out that my mom had cancer. And then a few months later, we find out that I have cancer. And then after that, my wife loses her job, which uh, it so happened to be the main source of, of our living situation. And so her losing her job, we also lost the place that we lived at. And, and you know, one, at that point, I'm like, well, it just can't get any worse, right? But then I got COVID. And COVID almost took me out. I was like, I survived, you know, chemotherapy. And I, I survived cancer and all these things. And we figured it out. But then COVID almost knocked me out. And, well, let's just say that it wasn't a very fun past year and a half. But weirdly, it's these past few weeks, you know, I wake up and, and I tell my wife, I'm like, you know, not so much in light of the past year that we had, I just can't think of how blessed we have been. How amazingly fulfilling life has been during this season. And see, I thought that I had it figured out. You know, being young, you think you, you, think you know everything, right? And so I, I thought I had it figured out. I thought I had it figured out as to what makes a fulfilling life. Because if we can be honest in this room, you know, there's people who are like, no, I just, I want to suffer for Christ. That's not true. We all want a fulfilling life. We want we want joy in our life. We want happiness. We, we, we want, you know, a blessed life. And see, I thought that I had it figured out, which, which was to, to be doing what God created me to do. And, and so that translated to vocation, career, hobbies, goals. But see, I was missing something. And if you look at your outline... There in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40, Peter asks, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? You know, he was pretty much asking, hey, Jesus, what's the secret to life? 
What do we need? What are we missing here? And see, Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And see, this is where I thought that it ended. I thought it ended, listen, if you and God are good, then life is good. If you and Jesus have it, you know, if you have that thriving relationship and, and, and you know, then we're good. And see, many of us are like that. Many of us are really good at coming to church on Sundays. Maybe going up to the front, maybe, maybe even serving. But some of us aren't so good with people. The only one. See, but but he doesn't stop there. He continues. He says, the second is like it. It's similar. It has the same characteristics, the same attitudes. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the laws and the prophets hang on these, not one commandment, but two. And I was like, that's what I'm missing. See, you might be thinking, oh, here Angel goes again talking about relationships. But let me prove to you why fulfillment in life largely comes from your relationships. See, many of our satisfaction from work comes from our relationship with our coworkers and with our boss. See, many, you know the saying, many people don't quit because of the job. They quit because of who? Their and see, even, even satisfaction in, in, in life and, and how you are during the day and, you know, in the morning coming to church, it largely depends on your relationship with, with your kids and your spouse. And see, in fact, most of who we are as adults, our tendencies, our traumas, our behaviors, and even how we relate to one another, it comes from the relationship that we had with our parents. And we've heard things like you, you've, you've heard it before. Oh, she got daddy issues. Or he's just like his dad or, or she's got her mom's attitude. And so relationships are paramount in our life. Relationships are so important for us to have a fulfilling life. See, because we start. With a soul dilemma. See, our soul, it demands a savior. It demands a relationship with Christ. But see, this morning, I want to talk to you about the human dilemma. And that human dilemma is that our humanity demands deep connections with other people. And see, through through much prayer and and lots of observations and questions and a lot, a lot, a lot of reading. I came to the realization that it is impossible to have a fulfilling life without having fulfilling relationships. And so that leaves us with the question, right? Well, how do we have fulfilling relationships? And see, Peter had the same question, but he had it indirectly. If you look at there in your outline or on the screens in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22, Peter approaches Jesus and he says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? You know, he really, I like how they, he says sin, but he really means offend or hurt. 
How many times do I have to forgive this person who has offended me and who has hurt me? And, you know, and something that Peter tries to do is that he tries to impress Jesus. See, because Jesus is always one-upping us, right? When we think of, you know, this is, this is it. Jesus says, no, there's more. And so Peter, he's like, what, seven times? When's the last time you had to forgive someone seven times in the same day? I feel like after the third, I would just ask him to leave the room. But he says, no. Jesus says, no, 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 not seven times. Jesus says, but 70 times seven. And see, Jesus is saying that we are limited in many things. But we are not limited in how many times we can forgive. We are limited in many things, but not in how often and how many times we can forgive. So how do we obtain and maintain fulfilling relationships as we forgive? It sounds so, so simple, right? Kind of like losing weight. It's just calorie deficit. It's so easy. It's like so simple, but it's much more difficult than what it actually seems. But today I want to be able to give all of us, not, not just you guys, but me too, three, 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 three ways that we can learn to forgive more often and better. And so you can fill the first one out in your outline. It says it's, we have to be able to build a high pain tolerance. We have to build a high pain tolerance. See, John chapter 16, verse 33. This is Jesus speaking. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? You'll have what? Man. It says you will have trouble. That's a promise. But he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You will have trouble. And have you ever noticed that most of our trouble usually involve other people? That it's, it's a promise. And see, it doesn't make it any easier that it seems like we live in a world today where everyone gets offended. See, have you noticed that especially today, you know, it's easier for people to connect with nature than it is to connect with other people? It's become a whole movement. You know, I remember one day my mom, I, you know, I'm kind of like, hey, you come to church, mom? She's like, no, I'm going hiking because, you know, I'd just rather go hiking than going to church. And, and, and you know why? It's because nature won't let you down. It's because nature won't hurt your feelings. It'll, it can kill you, but it won't offend you. And so we're afraid. We're afraid to think of God as a person because we think that he might be like people. And so we prefer a, a, a distant God instead of a personal God. But you know what's so amazing about this journey with God? Is that our relationship with God, it begins with forgiveness. 
what initiates that relationship with Jesus is forgiveness. And listen, even if you walked in here today and you don't believe in God, you still need forgiveness. You are still in need of forgiveness. See, because if you try to avoid offenses your, your whole life, you'll basically be avoiding life itself. Because offenses we co- will come. We don't know if the mail is going to come or our Amazon packages, but we know that troubles will come. Listen, your ability to handle offenses will determine the next 20 and 30 years of your life. And listen, if you're single and you get offended easily, you got no business looking for a man or a girl. You, you, need, you need Jesus. Oh, come on. There has to be more than three people in here. See, you're, you're promoted in life depending on your ability to handle pain. See, in the corporate world, those who get the big bucks, they get paid the big bucks because of their ability to solve problems, their ability to deal with pain, their ability to deal with stress. And there's nothing worse than putting a little person in a big position. And so when you ask for a promotion, you ask for more problems. And here's, here's the thing that really upsets me, is that translates to the, the more that we ask for deeper relationships, the more that we are asking for deeper problems. Doesn't that just make you feel so uncomfortable? And you're like, oh, that's nasty, right? <laughs> well, listen, some of you, some of you have become numb. Some of you have become afraid to love again, to trust someone else again. You know, we say things like, men ain't worth it. Some of us are a little bit more vulgar than that, but, you know, the church is full of hypocrites. I've given up on love. My parents will never understand me. But you know what? You're probably right. Eventually, you will get hurt again. Eventually, they probably will make that mistake again. But if we put our life on hold, waiting for that person who hurt us to ask for our forgiveness, we will be waiting a lifetime. And let me tell you that life is way too short. We have no guarantee for tomorrow. See, you can't love another partner if you haven't forgiven the last one. See, you can't belong to another church family if you're still holding on grudges from the last one. And see, you can't find trust in the man if you haven't forgiven your father's mistrust. Oh, we're getting real this morning. (laughs) See, we have to learn to be less offended and love more and the way that we are able to do that is we build a higher pain tolerance we build a higher pain tolerance and we do this through repetition through habit see our muscles build tolerance the more that we put them through pain unfortunately it's the same way with offenses we don't just pray and oh my gosh offend me and I'm, i won't 
I won't feel a thing. I wish it worked that way. It's the same way with patience. The way we become more patient is we are put in positions where we have to be patient. And it becomes more natural. Oh, you know how many of us would just wish if we could pray to be patient. And it happens like that. That's not the way that it works. And so the second way that we can get better at forgiving is we have to make the decision to get rid of bitterness. And you can fill that out in your outline. We have to make the decision to get rid of bitterness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32 says, get rid of all. I like that he says all. Get rid of all, not just what benefits you. Not just towards those that you like. Not just a little bit, but all of bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You ever get offended, but you can't act offended? It's called marriage. You know, um, my wife uh, and her family, something that they do and, and that they grow up doing is um, they make fun of each other. <laughs> and um, I didn't grow up that way. And, and so, you know, uh, starting a, a relationship and hanging out with the family, um, you know, they, they make fun of each other and I'm there. So, um, you know, sometimes it happens to me. And so one of the things that, that, that really uh, upsets me and bugs me is when my wife joins in. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, you know, holding it in. And, uh, you know, whatever it happens, and we get home, and, you know, she has the audacity <laughs> to act like nothing's happened. And, you know, she asks, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, no, no, no. You know what you did. Don't play games here. But see, this is the wrong attitude. See, let me, I want to show you a response that should be more present in relationships and marriages. Because, in fact, I feel like some of us have never even heard a response like this. It should be, you know, baby... It really hurts me when you join in on your family to make fun of me. Do you think that you can help me out by trying to do that less often? Thank you. I love you. Let's go grab a bite to eat. But no, we want to be stubborn, huh? We want to make sure that they know that they hurt us. We want to teach them a lesson. We want to let them know that you're right. Let me tell you something. You're not right. You're bitter. See, and if you don't get rid of that bitterness, that bitterness will begin to deteriorate. Not just that specific relationship, but every relationship that you have. See, because our soul isn't compartmentalized. When you're bitter towards one person, that bitterness begins to affect every relationship. 
And you know, you know this. You've seen it. You've seen it when that couple's fighting. You know. They show up to a party and they kind of show up. They're walking far away from each other. They sit separately. You know. I'm like, oh, how are you guys doing now? We begin to show it. Our attitude just be, ugh, becomes nasty. And so it becomes a disease until you're so deep into bitterness that you begin to tell yourself, hey, this is just who I am. This is how God made me. I can't change this. But I can tell you that that's far from the truth. That is far from the truth. See, scripture says to get rid of all bitterness. Again, this isn't something that we pray away. We have to make the decision and say, I am going to get rid of bitterness. When that person that you dislike does that thing that you abhor, you say, no, it's not going to affect me today. Because I'm so much bigger. Because I'm a child of God has created me to live in freedom, not to live in the bondage of bitterness. If we can be honest this morning, nobody likes to be around a bitter person. And the last and third one is forgiveness begins with a good attitude. You can fill that out in your outline. As forgiveness begins with a good attitude. I want to read the the Beatitudes with you in Matthew chapter 5, verse 2 to 9. This is Jesus speaking. It says, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. See, these are considered to be known as the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes. And so Jesus is talking about blessed attitudes. How many of us this morning have a blessed attitude? Oh, we quiet. Maybe I should uh, ask the people you work with. Or maybe your spouse. See, because you, you first had a blessed attitude when you first started dating. You had one when you first got that job. In fact, we had the blessed attitude when we first joined the church. And see, the issue is that we live in a society that praises those that are unforgiving. We vote for people who will stand firm, right? Who will not waver to the other party's agenda. We say things like, oh, uh-uh, don't you take that from him, girl. But see, real strength, real strength is in forgiveness. we are willing to lose the battle 
in order to win the war. Let me tell you something that I've been learning very fast in marriage is that in marriage, no one wins the argument. We both just lose the relationship. Oh, but that's for another day because we ain't ready for that. See, you're pretty enough to be a wife, but you got the attitude. See, you could provide money, money for the family, but do you have the attitude? See, what if God had our standard for forgiveness? Would he still forgive you? And see, we have it twisted, right? Because when someone offends us, we need to go to that person directly. But what do we do instead? We go to everyone else but that person. Let me tell you, gossip is an attitude. How's your attitude this morning? And and this is why I love the idea of attitude, because attitude cannot be just one decision that you make once a year. Attitude is who you are. See, in other words, it's not something that you just do. See, it's, it's engraved in your personality. It's engraved in your habits. It's engraved in your DNA. And it's impossible for us to be forgiving if we're bitter. It's impossible for us to be forgiving if we have a bad attitude. And, you know, I just want to throw this side note out there so that we don't misunderstand each other. But this whole concept of forgiveness, God has called us to forgive everyone. But if you or you know someone who is in a uh, physically or I would even say verbal abusive relationship, though there can be forgiveness there, that is a situation that you have to pull yourself out of. See, because I've heard this before. It's it's like, you know, uh, this is a very unhealthy, toxic relationship. And people say, oh, well, brother, sister, you just need need to pray and, 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 you know, be, be, be strong. And, and no, no, no. I, I like that scripture is real and adamant. And so abuse is not something that we stick around. It's something that we have to pull ourselves out of in prayer and with other people who, who, who love us and believe in us. But see, when you forgive You're not forgiving that person because they're right. Right? They're they're hardly ever right. Or because they're justified. Or because you agree with them. No, you're forgiving them because God forgave you first. We don't forgive because of circumstances. We forgive because of who we are. Forgiveness is not circumstantial. Forgiveness does not depend on what's going on outside. Forgiveness depends of who we are inside. And see, some of you, some of you need to forgive yourself. Some of you need to forgive yourself because you've made mistakes, but you've, you've counted yourself out of the party. You said, I, I don't belong. I don't deserve forgiveness. But see, God in his perfect self has forgiven you. Why do you feel the need to continue to argue with him? You've been forgiven. You need to step into that forgiveness. And see, forgiveness, it makes long-term relationships 
possible. Have you ever thought, like, like look back at your life and thought of all the people who have been part of your life and then at some season that relationship kind of ends? And so you think to yourself, like, what happened? I can almost guarantee that it had to do with an issue of forgiveness. See, forgiveness allows room for intimacy, not just with God, but with other people. See, God didn't just die so that we could be connected with him. He also died so that we could be connected to each other. And when you refuse to forgive, you will spend your entire life wondering what happened. Because without it, we would never know human connection at its deepest level. And I can tell you right now from scripture, from experience, and you've probably even experienced it from other people, we were not meant to be lone wolves. We were not meant to do life alone. We were not meant to say, you know what, like everyone's just, you know, backstabbers and and nobody knows loyalty and I'm just going to do me and, and yeah. No, God called us to be in relationship with one another. And so I leave you with this. I, I, I know that we all want a deeper and fulfilling life. You know, when we're in argument with someone, right, and we're in the same room, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's that person you dislike, but when we're in the same room and we change, right, and we're bitter, and, and we're kind of like, no, I'm, I'm not going to even look at them. I'm not going to say hi. I'm not going to be the first one to say that, like, sorry, or, or, or I'm not going to be the, the mature one, right? I'm not going to be the bigger person. We need to think to ourselves, is this really who we are? Is this who we want to be? Is this what we want to show our kids who we are? We all want joy. We all want happiness. We all want a blessed life. Let me tell you, these things are impossible to obtain without building deeper relationships with other people. And we do this through forgiveness. You know, maybe, maybe God has been nudging at you lately to forgive your dad. Maybe he's been nudging at you to forgive your mom or forgive your spouse or forgive that person at work or at church. Today is the day that you can set yourself free. See, because I like to say that forgiveness is not so much to do with the other person. It has to do more with you. You know, when we're mad at someone, we're over here losing sleep. You know, we can't, we can't go somewhere because of that person. We can't, you know, hop on social media because they're out there having fun. And the other person is getting their eight hours. We're killing ourselves, losing it, messing up our, our decisions and our relationships just because of that person. That person probably doesn't even know that they hurt you. And so forgiveness is more about us. And so I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If maybe you do feel like you need to forgive someone. I remember I was at a conference 
and <laughs> this is supposed to be a good story, but you know. But I was at a conference, and the, the, the preacher there was like, you know, if you need to forgive someone, like, I want to challenge you to take out your phone and, and, and send them a text and just, just say, hey, I love you. You know, I, I felt this towards you, but I forgive you. You know, I'm praying for you. And, and it was like for, for the school. And what's funny is, like, he said that, and, like, five minutes later, my bones started vibrating. And I was like, that can't. Took it out. I, I got, like, three, four messages. <laughs> Some person, like, wasn't even in my contacts. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> and so, you, you know, we don't have to do that. But I do want to challenge you that, that if it is burdening your heart, if it is stopping you from living your life to the fullest capacity, to make that decision today. And listen, maybe there's some of you who've never experienced true forgiveness from Jesus. I also want to give you that opportunity this morning to be able to step into true forgiveness and experience the life that Jesus died so that you can live. See, Christ died so that we can live. That we can live in abundancy and in true forgiveness. So I want to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. It's not a religious thing. It's out of privacy for each other. Lord, we ask that you may step into this place and Show us, Lord, maybe, maybe we're ignorant about the fact that we need to forgive. Lord, show us that it's been bleeding into other relationships, that it's been bleeding into our purpose. Lord, give us the strength and the wisdom to say that we need to get rid of all bitterness. Because, Father, you have died at the cross. You have paid for our sins. And you have given us life. A life that was not meant to live in the darkness. That was not meant to live in bitterness. That was not meant to live in anger. and Father, but a life that was meant to live in your presence. And Lord, if there's a huge characteristic of you, Father, that's forgiveness. And Lord, the more that we forgive, the more that we become like you. The more that we are transformed into the person that you created us to be. Lord, our, our parents have hurt us. Our siblings have hurt us. Our friends, distant family, people in church have hurt us. And Lord, it will be a never-ending pile of offenses. And though we are limited in many things, Father, you say that we are not limited in how often and how many times we can forgive. So, Lord, I pray for strength, for softness, for love in those who need to forgive someone. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. 
No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.